Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to To Tell in Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. One new transfer for the Montana Grizzlies. Five for Montana State. And how about the head coach of the Idaho Vandal football team, Paul Petrino. Hi, how are you? It is Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day here in the middle of your week. We are excited, happy, thrilled to be with all of you wherever you are. However you're listening around out there in the world, we appreciate it very much. Look forward to having uh, uh, all of you on board today on a Wing It Wednesday and also uh, with a bunch of stuff that we got going in the show today if you go ahead and uh, take a look at what we have in the show we start with this there's a bunch of transfers that just loaded up into the state of montana for football this coming season including four in total between montana and montana state from the pac-12 so we will go through who those players are where they're from and one former grizzly who is now a bobcat so we'll get into all of that as well and about a half an hour from now we continue our big sky conference coaches series for football with paul petrino the head coach of the idaho vandal football team look forward to talking with coach petrino about all the things in relating relating to idaho football but also relating to the state of montana of course his cousin mike is now the head coach of the montana lady grizz he has a daughter who's on the softball team at the university of montana her season was canceled where are we at with that so there's obviously a ton of connections uh between the petrinos and uh and and uh, paul in particular at his time at carroll college and where he is now at idaho so we'll get into all of that it is a wednesday so we will get into a wing it wednesday for you how about that all of the uh uh, uh, 
trivia for you from the Desperado Sports Tavern. The Desperado is still serving up the greatest wings in town as well as all of their menu. Just call it in. They'll curbside it for you, have it ready to go. Use that service a couple of times. Outstanding. So we will uh, get some trivia questions for you as well. So that'll be uh, that'll be hour number one, top of the hour. Coulter and I had, I think, a pretty interesting conversation and an open conversation uh, uh, regarding uh, uh, first round draft picks and what they mean in the NBA and what they mean in the NFL. Now, we understand that the number, when I say first round, I mean number one overall, excuse me, the number one overall draft picks. Number one overall is just, I mean, it's its its absolutely invaluable if you're in the NBA. If you're in the NFL, mm, I think you'll be surprised to see the players, particularly at quarterback, that weren't that, that not just the players but the, just the number of players how many don't actually pan out to be what you want or what you need as with the, having the first overall pick so how important is it in the nfl and uh, obviously compared to the nba so we'll get into that stuff as well so there you go there uh, that's the show today good to uh, be with all of you we appreciate that if you want to listen online you can do it 1029espn.com you listen live on the stream the stream is available all the time it is there thanks to opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity and if you want to pick up your phone and call us you can do that as well 361 the phone number all guests join us via the Rangage brothers rv phone line hi coulter what's up ryan it's been a hundred years glad to see you <laughs> oh my gosh i can't wait to tell you guys a story well you know i mean we got time no better time than now i guess right we're gonna get into the transfer because i actually think this is really interesting not just because of the players that were added by both these programs we'll, look we'll save it for the second hour <clears throat> what happened with your car and uh you know getting uh an exploded engine or whatever it might be and then having to find your way back to missoula one way or another and then find your way in the office today which well, is, so you know, I, congratulations I, by the way I, to make it. I, I teased this story <laughs> This culminates in me driving a brand new vehicle to the station at this exact moment. And uh, I've been trying to take different ways to the station. Because, you know, in Missoula, there is no grid. Everything runs into each other. Coulter, you live eight-tenths of a mile from here. It's oh, no. not hard. Come on now. Come on. Says the guy who makes everything that's easy hard. Um, I make everything easy. I'm, I'm, just trying to tell hard you, I, I'm just trying to tell you a good story. All right, let's hear it. Regardless, I... Uh, September, in September, I won a half of a cow at a golf tournament. Wait, no, no, don't tell the whole in story Bozeman, now, Montana. Why? Because we we got Paul Petrino coming up. We got transfers. Let's do it in the second hour. Oh, you, you just saying, told him to just, do it. Oh, I thought you were saying do the transfers in the second hour. No, no, no. We'll do the transfers now. We'll we tell the story talk. in the second. There hour. you go. There you go. Oh, but what a starts, cliffhanger! But it starts with <laughs> winning a cow. <laughs> If I would have known this was what it was going to cost me, I just would have bought the cow. Yeah, well, you could have probably <laughs> bought a house at this point. Uh, Coulter, the Grizzlies uh, add a defensive end from Washington State. A kid who was a walk-on at Washington State, Bo Braden, was a uh, a redshirt uh, there a year ago and then a redshirt freshman last year but did not play as a redshirt freshman as a walk-on. He is transferred now to the University of Montana. 6'4", 261 pounds, big kid from Vancouver at a very successful high school at Columbia River High School in Vancouver, Washington. Was an all-district, you know, all-conference selection there. Uh, he 
even though it is a small school, a 2A school there in the state of Washington, but was at Wazoo and then uh, is headed to Montana. We'll get into him more specifically, but also there's a list of guys uh, that came uh, that have transferred now into Montana State as well. I think a total, is it a total of five guys, three of them uh, from the Pac-12 ranks and a couple of of, uh, junior college guys, and that includes... uh, uh, well, as John Clark, excuse me, who's a 6'4", 290-pound grad transfer from Washington. So a guy who spent, you know, four years at the University of Washington and is now uh, transferring here to the Grizzlies. And then also, interestingly enough, Cole Sane, if that name rings a bell, around the city of Missoula. He came to the University of Montana from St. Bosco Prep, transferred out, went to Riverside Community College, and now is on in Bozeman with Montana State. So go through some of these Bobcat guys with us real quick. Well, I think it's it's interesting too because we can get a little bit more about the details of these transfers and uh, the the differences in the transfers for the two programs. To me, it's very clear that uh, I mean Jeff Choate has always liked to go to the FBS ranks to fortify the ranks of his roster, and that's worked out tremendously well for them so far, with the exception of the Nigel Hale and Darren Gardenhire scandal where those two kids got caught selling drugs. Other than that. Choate's basically batted a thousand on transfers. I mean, he's had some guys that maybe weren't like absolute stars, but like everybody from Jockway Allen to Travis Johnson to JoJo Henderson on down the line, you know, Bryce Sturk. They've had a ton of great. Amandre Williams is an all league guy. They've had a yeah. ton of all league transfers in Montana. Stayed at Montana. I mean, Bobby Houck has made no uh, bones about bringing in a bunch of transfers either. I mean, I just I just pulled up the Gogers roster to go through and see how many transfers Montana has on its roster, and the first four guys listed are all transfers. Numbers two, three, four, two. Actually, there's two twos, three, and four are all transfers. So, on down the line, a bunch of transfers as well. But it, it's specifically about these guys. the The Washington defensive line pipeline is not quite dry yet for Jeff Choate. John Clark is a guy who played for Choate his last Choate's last year at Washington, which was Clark's redshirt year at Washington. But Clark is a like you said, 6'4", 290-pounder, but if you've seen pictures of him, there's a lot of different ways you can look 6'4", 290. This guy is jacked. He is a very, very big, strong kid. That said, he doesn't have nearly the pedigree of a lot of the other transfers that have come from the University of Washington to Montana State. He's a former walk-on at, at Washington. He didn't enter, earn a scholarship until last year, and he is damaged goods because he missed. He sat out the 2015 season as a redshirt, and then he missed 2017 and 2019 with knee injuries. So... Can he come back from that? We'll see. That said, though, he's a guy that's practiced with the University of Washington for four years, so that'll definitely help uh, fortify you physically. And then Chaco Uoa, who's a, a transfer, another grad transfer, this time from Arizona. And, you know, again, when you're getting grad transfers from the Pac-12, I don't know what the playing time situation and all of that is, right. but you've been in the top level of football at the collegiate level for at least four years, in mm-hmm. some cases more. So that's, you know, significant. We're going to get into Jeff Choate's theories about just out-recruiting everybody because I thought the, the number one kid he talked the most effusively and with the most praise on this show was Rylan Ort from Missoula Sentinel. I mean, he, he, Choate had good things to say about a dozen guys or so, but he really loves Rylan Ort as a safety. Well, now they've brought in Jeffrey Manning Jr. at mid-year from Oregon State, and Chacho, you say it. You said it better. You're Uoa. Chacho. Chaco Uoa. 
now they're bringing him at safety as well. So that I mean, those two guys are going to be expected to, at the very least, contribute. Likely start is because so many people have told me you owe a, and then finished the sentence with like a hundred dollars or whatever it, it is. Right, you right, know. So right. I'm I'm used to that. Uh, ben Seymour, six foot two, two hundred forty five pound D tackle from College of the Canyons. I actually think that his tape is the most impressive of all of the tapes. Mm. He, you and I are on the same page on this. Some of the height and weight stuff for certain positions is completely overblown. I don't care if a D tackle is only six foot one. I actually, in fact, love it. I think it's great. And the kid, he's not big. He is he is a little bulldog though. I mean, he's only two hundred forty five pounds. But he's playing on the inside. He's got a crazy motor. He's really fast, great twitch. So we'll see how that goes. But then the most interesting. So finally, Montana State announced those three plus Cole Sane. We'll come back to that just in, in a moment. I've also confirmed a fifth guy. That's Thomas Marcus Jr. Thomas Marcus Jr. is a kid who was a two-sport athlete at San Diego Union High School, and he is a guy that had Division One offers for both football and basketball. He's going to be a guy that's going to be like a Travis Johnson replacement for mm-hmm. Montana State. But let's go back to Cole Sane because I think Cole Sane has one of the distinctly interesting stories of a lot of these kids. Saint, so first of all, I'll start with what St. John Bosco Prep is. St. John Bosco Prep is the number one prep one school the, one in the, the premier, on the West Coast. Premier football playing high schools in the country and certainly in the in the top handful on the West Coast for sure and, and probably top 20 even if you included Texas. Like in when Will Smith and Joe Montana's kids were playing together in high school, that was at St. John Bosco Prep. So you have like celebrities going there, but then they also just recruit on a really high level because it's a Catholic high school, so it's private. Mm-hmm. So you can offer scholarships. If you start at St. John Bosco Prep, you're a D1 recruit. Straight up. Like, every single guy that's there is at least an FCS guy. Cole Sane was a a two-year starter there. But he grew up in Hamilton, Montana. Mm -hmm. But his dad and uncle both played for Montana State. So he grew up knowing about the Cacker's rivalry. But he grew up in western Montana, so he's indoctrinated in the Grizz thing, not the Bobcat thing. So he, But then he goes to high school in California. He chooses the Grizz coming out of high school. He actually started two games during the 2018 season, Bobby Houck's first season at the helm, but then was still able to redshirt because of uh, the The, four-game limit. But he, uh, I thought he was pretty good, and then he just left the program. We really don't know why. Mm -hmm. I have actually messaged with the kid because I was going to report. I knew he was transferring as well as John Clark and and Thomas Marcus Jr., but I reached out to Cole because I had talked to him during recruiting earlier. And I said, hey, man, I was just uh, going to report this. I was going to see where you were at with it. He's like, give me a call. He didn't answer when I called, so I don't really know what the deal was. But then Montana State officially announced it today. But I think it's interesting because he was a guy that I thought was a good player, and I thought he could have helped Montana. I think he would have been in line for the starting center spot at Montana this year if he would have stayed, and he didn't. Right. And then he goes to Riverside, and now he's at Montana State. So who knows? I mean, again, like, you know. Who knows all the reasons that kids do what they do, but he clearly didn't want to be at Montana, and because he has those Montana State ties, and now you know he takes a year where he can still play, where he goes to the community college deal, and now he he goes over to uh, to MSU. So a bunch of guys coming in. I think the interesting thing about this, look, we we you know how good are these players going to be? The grad transfers, you know, we'll see. Certainly, when it's a grad transfer, you're talking about one year of eligibility, and so the expectation that they are, you know, they've been told that they're coming here and they're going to play football uh, is is an expectation because, you know, why would you be going to a place where, you know, you weren't not necessarily handed the job per se, but but sure. certainly uh, given some some promises some guarantees that you know you're going to you know be be uh, uh in line to see the field and probably see it significantly 
But the, I think the interesting question here is, what is it to build a program in college football in 2020 now that we're in it? I mean, what does it mean to sit here and talk about a program, where a program's at, and how you build the program, and especially in the state of Montana? Now, any coach is going to tell you that for football, it it starts and in certain ways ends in state. Like, you have to go and get the Montana kids first and foremost. Yep. And that's that's how you build the thing. And we've seen uh, all of this, all of the kids at both schools who have gone, you know, as freshmen and redshirted at the, at the University of Montana, Montana State, from the state of Montana, and grown and built and become absolutely outstanding all-conference players, and in some cases better than that, uh, and, and gone on to have absolutely illustrious careers. There also, though, have always been transfer, and, and then obviously there's high school players coming in from out of state as well, and then the transfer side of things. But how many transfers can you bring in, and how many transfers can you expect to bring in each and every year to play for you, especially when your transfers are generally drop down scenarios? I mean, you you can what what does it mean to be coming from a junior college to you know an FCS school is kind of an open question to some extent. You to know, some extent, it, but junior college football in the West has adjusted so much because that Arizona Junior College League went out. I mean, they don't have it anymore, so therefore the California Junior College League is the league of the West Coast, and so therefore. A lot of times, the guys that are FCS level recruits, they're playing against guys that are way higher than FCS well, level. Well, this recruits. is what I'm saying. I'm saying the junior college level, even though it's a completely different world and format and league from from Division One college football, the the level of football that's being played there is incredibly high and probably higher than the FCS. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it is. Uh, there's certainly plenty of talent there that's going to go on to be not just playing but top end power five talent through the you know the junior college route and so when you get these transfers either from junior colleges or from straight drop downs whether they're grad transfers or whatever the case might be uh you know those guys mixing into a program that is built from the ground up in state it's a very interesting mix and i think it varies year to year like i think that is you know right now okay today montana gets this one transfer from Washington State. Montana State's getting five guys in total from either the Pac-12 or from junior colleges. I don't know what the final numbers are going to be on this when it's all said and done, but next year the script could be flipped exactly the other direction. Now, I don't know that Bobby Houck is super high on bringing in transfers, but it's certainly something that he's done and done consistently. It's just not a huge number of guys. But Montana has already brought in two Oregon State guys. Uh, in this, you know, in this uh, cycle, as well as now a new Wazoo guy, and I'm just wondering where you, th- what you think about what it means to build a program using transfer guys, which at some level you certainly have to do at this point. Yeah, I think a lot of it is you have to dive into the details more than just the broad. We're bringing in Pac-12 transfers for the Montana State side of things. For example, Choate was at Washington with Chris Peterson, so he has just welcomed a lot of guys from that program it's very similar program those guys will be the first to tell you that also though the fact that so many of them are defensive linemen like Choate specifically recruited Bryce Dirk to the University of Washington so then when Bryce Dirk was not breaking the rotation he just said hey kid let me recruit you again let me bring you somewhere I believed in you twice believe in yourself once that's what he he used to always tell Bryce Dirk Amandre Williams same thing he recruited Amandre Williams to UW Coached him at University of Washington. So they have a personal relationship. Those sort of transfers, 
that's not in the same boat as trying to load up with FBS trans- transfers like a lot of programs do. I think that one thing that's pretty clear to me is that Bobby Houck has gone about his transfers in two different ways. One, guys that will play right away, that fill an automatic need, you have to have them. It doesn't even matter if they're just okay because what you think you have isn't even okay. A guy like Reed Miller, he's he's a fine player, solid player. Guy transferred from Arkansas. They had to have him because they they didn't have any safeties on the roster. But then I think that the other way, though, and I think that's what these two Oregon State kids are too. They kind of just they don't really have any corners. So they brought these two kids in from Oregon State, Trajan Cotton and Omar Hicksono. And I think those guys are going to compete for playing time right away. Then you look at a ton of the other transfers, though, they're recruiting guys that are young as transfers. So like this kid right now, Bo Braden, who's coming in from Washington State, he was a walk on at Wazoo and he only was at Wazoo for two years. So you can't really even call him a Pac 12 player because he didn't even play in a game. That's right. But they're just basically readjusting that kid's recruiting and giving him a new opportunity. And I think that's great for college football because the kid probably never I mean, he would have just toiled at Washington State, likely. Right. Now maybe he earns a scholarship. You never know. You can't predict the future. But he'll have a chance to develop and play here. And this will be a good level for him. And you look at some of the other transfers. Cam Humphrey's slated to be the, the quarterback this year, but they brought him in as a sophomore. This will be his third year in the program. So he was able to develop as a Grizz. This isn't like a one-and-done situation. He's going to remember his college career as a Grizz. Right. They brought in Gavin Robertson. They had to have a safety, but they still brought him in as a sophomore, as a developmental guy. They just brought in Robbie Patterson as a junior college quarterback, who's also a sophomore. So he'll be in the same shoes as Cam Humphrey. Marcus Knight, a sophomore last year, only one year at the junior college level. You know, Joe Babros was one that was just a traditional straight-up drop-down, but that's a personal connection between Dave Dorn, who was at Montana for a long time, now at NC State, right. and Bobby Hubbard. But at so, the end of the day, so the, point, the, line, the mo- point is about bringing guys in who are going to identify ultimately as Grizzlies right. for Bobby Howe as opposed to in the main. Sure. Certainly there's plenty of guys who are grad transfers or one-year guys or whatever it might be because you need to fill a hole, but that's the idea behind bringing those guys in and also to push people, right? Well, you got, you know, let's let's set the competition. Let's get, let the Cole Strip kid and the Southern California kid who was at Arizona for a redshirt season come in and see who's better, right? No doubt. And I think that a lot of that, too, is then getting the guys to, to buy into your program, too. And I think that's where Choate, outside of the Washington guys, has done an, ex- an exceptional job. Mm-hmm. He's gotten guys that, that you don't want to say are high risk, but guys that have maybe, maybe some, some – they have the potential to be me guys, and mm-hmm. he's made them not into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that a guy like Munchie Filer, who I love and I can't wait to have on this show, I've already got a request and I put it in uh, earlier this week. You know, someday, you know, in the next couple months, we'll have Munchie Filer on the show. But the kid's an incredibly introspective, awesome kid. But like he told me when he was first coming to Montana State, he's like, I never thought I could ever play college football in my life, man. I'm from Compton, California. I had no opportunity to go to college whatsoever. I straight paid my way by working myself odd jobs at the car wash, whatever, to go to a junior college just so I could get a chance. And then he got a chance. So that guy, he's been grinding for himself, and that's a great story. But when you bring him in, then that could be disruptive, and he hasn't been. Travis Johnson used to be a five-star recruit. You know, I mean, how much ego could that guy bring to the locker room? Instead, he finishes his career as a team captain. So I think both these coaches are doing a good job of vetting the transfers. And I think the fact that you said that the Grizz have a sparse amount of transfers, how many transfers are on the Grizz roster right now? Oh, I mean, there's still got to be high teens at least. 16, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're you're yeah, talking yeah. about one-fourth of your active roster mm-hmm. of transfers. Mm-hmm. But I think that when you when you broadly say 
they're not really having a transfer style program. That's a testament to Bobby Hawk making the guys acclimated. You know right, what I'm saying? Like right. you, you hardly even remember Cam Humphrey was a once upon a time. That's true. A Boise State Bronco yeah, yeah. by way of Saddleback College, right? And it's the same thing with Choate. He's done a really good job of that. I mean, also those a lot of it is identifying kids from certain areas too. Like John John Clark, the grad transfer from Washington, he got recruited by Montana State. Yeah. Out of high school, and he had decided to go to to Washington, but like his bio says, really enjoys hunting and fishing. So yeah. like he's gonna love it, you know. Like Alex Neal, who was from uh, the Seattle area, there was a transfer from UNLV that Choate brought in his first year. Yeah, I mean Alex Neal showed up to the introduction press conference wearing Carhartts and a camel hat, and I was right. like, oh cool, you, you fit right. Did you like? Did you get that at Murdoch State? Right. He's like, no, dude, I'm <laughs> like I've been I've been hunting and fishing my whole life. I can't wait to be in Montana. Uh, it's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Paul Petrino, the Idaho Vandal head coach, coming up here in just under 10 minutes. Some of this, though, too, Coulter, is positional, right? Sure. When you talk about the state of Montana, in general, obviously there's always exceptions, but you know what you're going to be able to get in a lot of ways. The point is, there's not a ton of Division one, even at the FCS level, cornerbacks being developed in the state of Montana. Wide receiver, some, but not a ton. Linebackers, sure. Linemen, certainly. And Running on, backs, possibly. And on the corners point too, though, it's a good one because one thing we've I think the thing we've seen shift at the FBS level more than any other position mm-hmm. is the fact that if you can play a lick, you're getting a shot in the FBS now. But then those guys fail out. They 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 can't keep pace and or they get disgruntled or they just want to go somewhere that can play. So I think that that's one spot where if you're a, a big sky school, if right. you're not recruiting the FBS ranks for defensive backs, you're just losing right. because there's guys available. But I guess the ideal, you know, for for uh for either, you know, Montana or Montana State is to find, you know, when you real when you figure out in any given year, okay, these are the positions we still need to fill on our team that we're not going to find the the answer for inside of the state of Montana. Then you go re- hopefully recruit those kids out of high school, out of state, wherever you got to go to get them. But also, uh, the the door is certainly open for transfers to come in and fill those roles, like you said. And the way that you can do that is there's there's several different ways to do that. You can do it early on. You can do it at the grad transfer way. You can do it the JC way. However you however you think works best for your team and again I don't think there might be a way that you'd prefer to do it but I think a lot of this is just so circumstantial in every individual case so often especially I hearken back to the last decade of Grizz football coach Houck and and, and this some of this got got him and the program in some trouble they used to not vet the transfers hardly at all they would bring in guys that had Criminal histories. I mean, histories of violent pasts, and that and that was very concerning because a lot of those guys then got in trouble for committing violent crimes in Montana, and that was where the whole thing got so soured. Now, first and foremost, in the Big Sky, if you have a violent crime in your past, you can't transfer into the Big Sky. That's not allowed. That's a rule, and I think that's a great rule that the mm-hmm. league passed because then you don't have to decipher the risk taking. Because I mean. Anybody listens to this show knows that I'm all for second chances, and I think that young men sometimes get caught up in bad situations and they make terrible decisions. And if you get in a fight somewhere, I, that I, shouldn't I, ruin the future. I'm, the I'm not going to hold that. To, I'm yeah. not going to hold that against you. I've been in that situation sure. before. But if there's a rule around the conference, then there is no delineation over which kid I should maybe give a second second chance to. It's just not going to happen in the big sky, and I think that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I think so often you're seeing guys, you're recruiting guys, basically saying, "Hey." You chose the wrong level out of high school. Here's a great level for you, where you can play a bunch in front of a bunch of fans and be a part of something really cool, win some games, and and you know play in front of great stadiums and all that 
sort of thing, or previous relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that half of the transfers on this list have San Diego ties, it's not a surprise, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Bobby Houck was mining Southern California while at San Diego Certainly. State. Oh, I remember this guy. He went to a junior college. Okay, we're going to bring him up here. So I think that I think that both the Montana schools right now are doing a pretty good job of keeping the transfers that they're bringing in clean, and it is just the way that it needs to go now because there is talent available. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll uh, continue to keep you updated on players coming or going, but mostly coming into uh, the state of Montana, where they're coming from and and who they are, uh, obviously, as we go. But we'll take a quick break because on the other side, we continue our Big Sky Conference Football Coaches Series. Paul Petrino, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals, joins us live right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Telling the Wannas. I've never been on ESPN radio. But I'm gonna Efforting Paul Petrino, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals football team. So we're able, we will get him in here. It's Tutel and Nuanas. Did I say that already? I guess I did. It's the name of the show. So easy. It's us. If you are looking for us on the social medias, you can track us down at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT as well. Uh, Coulter, one one thing, just to continue for... Okay, we'll come back to the one thing that I had in mind for okay. you. Okay, Trent, Great. Uh, about coaches and coaching uh, 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 assistant coaches and so forth uh, to get into that when it comes to the transfer stuff. But right now, we're happy to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. The aforementioned head coach of the Idaho Vandal football team, Paul Petrino, joining us on the show. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. How are you this afternoon? Coach, do we have you there? You there? There we go. I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? We got we you got now. You. We got you. These okay. phones, they got to be a two-way street. You know, <laughs> you got us. We don't got you, whatever it is. But, hey, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it very much. We know we're in sort of a everybody, right, in this sort of weird circumstance that, uh, that we find ourselves in and trying to do everything remotely and all that. But we did get to have the NFL draft just uh, finish up here. And this is interesting. The last Big Sky Conference player that was drafted was from your team, Caden Ellis, a couple of years ago. Jeff Cotton now signs with the, you know, with the, with the league as well after the draft. How big is it for programs in the Big Sky and for your program in particular to have guys that are going on to the next level and kind of carrying on that tradition from Idaho? Oh, I think that's always big. I think it always helps you in recruiting. And the more it helps you in recruiting, the better chance you got to get another guy that comes in and eventually um, goes in the draft four years later or signs as a free agent. So, um, you know, Caden, Caden was a really good player for us. Um, he'll do a great job with the saints. I'm excited for his future. And, and Jeff signed as a free agent and, uh, you know, he's with the San Diego chargers. And I think as long as Jeff can stay healthy, I think they'll have a great chance to, uh, to make it. So he's a big, strong physical receiver that does a lot of good things. Paul, hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, 
it's interesting, though. That was the first time since 2000 that a Big Sky player did not get drafted. I think you and, and us and everybody that follows the Big Sky knows that there's a ton of talent in the Big Sky. It seemed as if, though, just the fact that there wasn't pro days on campus, there wasn't a chance for some of these Big Sky and FCS guys to get out in front of scouts, that maybe it, it hindered some chances for a lot of guys. What was your thoughts just on the way that maybe everything that's been going on maybe impacted the chances of some of these uh, FCS and small school guys? Yeah, I was surprised. There, there was definitely some guys. But, you know, like um, even probably more so when I was an assistant at, you know, Louisville and Arkansas and University of Illinois, a lot of times I'd tell those guys, if you're going to go in the seventh round anyway, you might be better off being a free agent because then you can right. pick what, what team you go to by their depth chart. So I'm sure it hurt some of the guys. Um, you know, it made them feel bad and hurt their pride or whatever. But some of them might have been better off signing as free agents than going in the seventh round because, you know, um, for sure, you could look at the linebacker from Montana. He'll have a great chance to make it. The, the two kids from Montana State, both the defensive end and receiver, the big defensive end from from Weber State. Um, I, I definitely think maybe some didn't get drafted, but I'll bet you, you know, four to six kids will make teams that, that came out of the Big Sky this year. And that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter if you get drafted or free agents; just getting into camp and then and then making the team. You know, I'm interested, Coach, you've been a coach a long, long time and now at Idaho heading into your eighth year. How how often do teams or scouts, representatives, whatever, contact you and say, hey, tell me about this guy. What do I need to know? What do you think about him? How often are they looking to you as a coach to, to for insight on players? Um, not as often as you would think, honestly. I think, I think it's more the certain scouts that you've had a history with. Um, obviously, the guy that has the Northwest from, from the Falcons – you know, I, I knew him from, from when I was there, so he, he'll contact me individually. Probably more so they'll talk to you when they come in camp. You know, they're usually – they come through during fall camp, and, and that's a big day. That's a big day for, for the athletes when they're on campus. they got to do – you know, they got to show them how hard they work and what they do in practice, and they'll probably more talk to you then. Sometimes they'll follow back, but um, kind of what I always tell the players is the most important thing is the film. The film is really your resume not like a coach is going to talk somebody into taking you. They're going to go by the film, and then they're going to go throughout the building. And if they go to the weight room and they get all positive uh, comments there and they go to the training room and get positive comments there and they go to the academic, they probably go to those three places as much as they go to the coach. Hmm. you know. And then they will talk a little bit. But I think the, the coaches generally, I don't know of any coach that wouldn't pump their own guys up and sell them. So I think sometimes they'll go to more of the people around the building and then they'll watch the film, and ultimately the film's the resume. That's what makes the team or not, or not really makes the team, but that's what gets them in camp. And then once they get in camp, it's their hard work and, and, and sometimes a little bit of luck by the depth chart of whether they make it or not. So you're saying they don't believe you. You're a salesman, <laughs> and you're, gonna give them the good, you're, you're not going to give them the straight goods. You say, get this guy on your roster. Uh, I think <laughs> it is. I think some of them will believe you. It's kind of like no different than a college coach going to the high school coach and asking. Right, right. You know, when you're recruiting. There's some guys you've recruited there for years and, and you trust them. And then, and then there's some guys you know that just oversell every single, you know, they have 16 Division One players on their team and they were 5-5. Five and five. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, you got to know who you're talking to and how things are going. Paul Petrino joining us as part of our Big Sky Conference Coaches Series, marching through all 13 head coaches at Big Sky Conference Schools. Paul Petrino at the University of Idaho. And, Coach, you have strong Montana ties. First, I want to ask you about your own family uh, specifically because your daughter, Anne Marie, she's been playing softball here for the last several years. And 
as we know, spring sports kind of got derailed this year. So uh, on a personal note, I mean, what's that been like for you and your family, kind of not having that last year for her? And, and will she come back? Is she, is she planning on trying to play next spring for the Grizz? Um, you know, it was really sad because she had, she had put everything she had into softball, you know, her whole life to be the very best she could be. Um, so it was very sad that she didn't get to play her senior year. And But she also put everything into being a great student. You know, she was a valedictorian out of high school. She was a 395 student at the University of Montana, graduated in honor school. And she's already been accepted into a couple law schools and, and got a really good scholarship to Gonzaga, and she's going to go there for law school. So uh, that was all kind of already in line and already set before the season was was canceled so um it's unfortunate and um but man she had a great time there and and coach mel did an awesome job there uh coach pink brought her there to begin with and she just all her uh everything that happened for her at the university of montana was great for her so she We'll always be huge uh, Grizz softball fans. We'll always be big softball fans. There. Yeah, that's right. Parenthetically, add the sport in <laughs> yeah, there. Right? Sure yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Understand that for sure. Well, it's also interesting, too. I mean, now you're, you know, I think your cousin, right, Mike, is the head coach of the women's basketball program in Missoula, but also, you know, your history going back to Carroll College and your dad and, and the, the whole family tree. I mean, when you talk about the state of Montana, it's pretty wrought with Petrinos, man. They're everywhere. And so when, yeah. you, when you are now back in that circle, at Idaho and in the big sky and playing, you know, the Montana schools and others. How, how, how fun is that for you? Or maybe not fun. I don't know. What's it, what's it like for you to kind of be back in that with the history that you've got? Yeah, I have a great pride for the state of Montana and always will. You know, I, I grew up going around the whole state with my dad when he was recruiting or speaking at, you know, sports banquets. And uh, I know when I was playing for my dad and coaching for my dad, I think there was like 85 high school coaches in the state that had played for him. So, um, Montana kids are tough kids. They're, they're, you know, those are the, they grow up loving football, love to play football. So I, I have a great, you know, love for the state and always will because it did so much for my family and for me and, and probably can't go into one town in the state, and not know someone that either played with me or my brother or played for my dad. So, um, you know, that, that's just something that I'll always have a Montana always have a big part in my heart and, and, um, forever. Speaking of your brother, back in the FCS now, so what do you think of the prospects of Bobby at Missouri State? And I know they have a home-and-home schedule with Montana. Is that something we might be able to see, a Petrino versus Petrino at the University of Idaho? Yeah, you never know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'll trade them out for – I'll trade them out for Penn State or Florida, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't make the money. (laughs) Tell us about that element. That's an interesting fold, right? Because uh, when Idaho transitioned back in the Big Sky, still had some huge money games that had been on the docket since when you were part of the FBS. And, you know, Florida and, and Penn State, like you mentioned, I mean, two of the premier programs in the country. But what did you think of just the element of playing those teams? I know it's essential for the athletic department to get the check, but go, going and playing in those two arenas, I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was something that I think is good for the kids. I mean, it's we have to have it for our athletic department, first of all, for money. Um, I'd actually played it both places before when, when I coached in the SEC and in the Big Ten. And and um, always will like to bring up, we were the only, the only time Illinois beat Penn State at Penn State is when I was coaching there. But, there you um, go. They're two, two unbelievable stadiums. I mean, two, two atmospheres that – you really can't even explain them unless you're there, you know, just the enthusiasm and excitement and fire at Florida 
how much they're right on top of you and how loud they are and then just how big Penn State is. And It's not as loud because the stadium goes out away from the field, but everyone's dressed in white, and it's, it's, it's a great atmosphere. So, you know, some kids went there and played their tail off and had good days. A couple guys got their butts whooped, but it was a, it's a good experience for them, and it's a good paycheck for the athletic department. Paul Petrino joining us, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals. And, Coach, it is an interesting deal because now you're back into the big sky long enough that that the recruiting that you've been doing now is starting to kind of be that FCS big sky level. But how how different was it to go from not just the FBS but the Sun Belt and the, the footprint that you have? A bunch of guys I know from like Louisiana, Arkansas, and so forth that are familiar yeah. with that conference and that sort of thing to now be – you know, a lot more geographically sort of oriented to where you're at and, and also the level that you're at and that those guys starting to come through. What's that been like for you? What do you expect going into next season? Yeah, it was a tough transition, and, and I think we've done a way better job the last two years. Our last two years, I think we had really good recruiting classes. Um, the two years prior to that, I'll just be honest, that we didn't do a great job. Um, I think we still tried too hard getting the guys that we had been getting in the Sun Belt and um, came in second on too many kids. So, um, But our last two classes, and, and we're, we're doing a good job already ahead on, on this next class. So I think we've had really good last two classes. And then I, so I think the transition took us a little while, and we had, to, we had to figure it out. But I think we've done a good job the last two years, and which will be real good for Idaho for the future of, of the roster. What do you think of just the landscape of the league? I mean, what, what were your initial impressions when you got back in the big sky? And what do you think of the league and just the lay of the land in the league right now? Well, it, it wasn't a whole lot different when, from when I left it as an assistant, honestly. I mean, teams, teams go up and down, but the style of play, you know, offensively people spread you out. There's a lot of good playmakers, good quarterbacks. You know, uh, there's better quarterbacks in the big sky than there was in the Sun Belt. I mean, it always has good quarterbacks, good receivers, um, Defensively, I think that it's improved since since I when I was twenty twenty five years ago. But it, it has improved. But I think you you know it's the best conference. Um, you know you got North Dakota State and then you got the Big Sky, kind of how I would say it. You know, and, and it's the best conference there is, and at this level. And so it's every year you're going to have really good teams, and and we look forward next year for us being one of them. Seems like the style you guys want to play is is to be tough, a tough physical team. You know pound it both sides of the ball how, how do you think that fits into just the the overall landscape of the big sky yeah i think it's a it's it's a little different than a lot of the teams but that's how weaver wins you know i think that's how weaver state wins they win with defense and special teams and run the ball well and i think you i think you have a personality and and i believe and i was raised to believe that you got to run the ball to win um but then there was years when we were at louisville and and different places in Arkansas where we, Utah State, where we threw the heck out of it. So um, I think you adjust by your quarterback and by your personnel. And what you'd really like to do is throw the ball a ton early and then get the lead in the fourth quarter and run it all fourth quarter and keep your defense on the sideline. That would be an ideal game. Well, Paul, I'll tell you what, we certainly appreciate you taking the time out and chatting with us. We wish you the best here in this in this odd off season, and we hope that it is just an off season, and then there's an on season, which we look forward to yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> as well. But we appreciate you being here with us, sharing your thoughts, and we'll catch up with you again soon, okay? Hey, anytime. Love to talk to people from Montana. You guys have a great day. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Coach. Paul Petrino. Idaho Vandals head coach uh, talking to us here. Our continuing Big Sky Coaches series as we go through all the, hopefully all the coaches. We've gotten, what are we, 
10? I think we've gotten 10, 10 in. 10 yeah, of 13? It, it was a little bit of a bummer because we actually had Troy Taylor from Sacramento State scheduled the first week, but then we had our phones, and then he's kind of been busy since then. He's He's been, like, saying, he keeps telling me, you know, I'm happy to come on. You just got to find the right time. So we'll still look forward to Troy Taylor and uh, Ed McCaffrey mm-hmm. from Northern Colorado. Um, we will uh, we'll get with Ed as uh, as soon as we possibly can as well. So uh, yeah. a, a couple left. I also... You know, for those Big Sky uh, historians out there, we'll uh, we'll have a couple former Big Sky coaches okay. on uh, down the road here as well. I, I mean, Tim Walsh uh, has not yet been out of the league for a year yet. I mean, he just retired at Cal Poly, right. and so we, uh, Walsh has always been a great friend of of this show and really good to me. And uh, Jerome Sowers, former Montana defensive coordinator, former NAU head coach, he's actually back in the coaching ranks at Southern Oregon of all places. So uh, Dante Olson's hometown. That's right. Jerome Sowers back in the coaching ranks, and then. Of course, the big human. We got to give him a call. If he's not on the tractor, I'm sure Mike Kramer would love to come on the show. Mike Kramer is like the Jay, uh, the the John Gruden of of the Big Sky. Like now that right. he's retired, he's still in his basement, like watching film, keeping up on everything that's going on. So this on, is why so. we need to. We, this is why we you need know? to give him a, a platform that's because right. uh, I know that it, his wheels have been spinning. He needs somebody to tell him all the <laughs> things that he's that he's that he thinks. That's right. Uh, well, we. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, right when I'm talking, <laughs> talking it is. Uh, I want to say, uh, again, thanks to Coach Petrino for coming on and talking with us. We appreciate that very much. And now it's time for you to talk to us. 361-3688. It is a Wing It Wednesday. We got some trivia for you coming up right after the break. Coulter's got some questions. You got some answers. We got wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. We're going to give them to you, get you all set up, get yourself you know, a great week. It's a beautiful day out here in Western Montana. 80? Did I hear 80 today? Unbelievable. 361-3688. The phone number 361-3688. You call right now. We'll do some trivia next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. the wings out that's what i want to know i don't know i don't know why i said that in retrospect it's dumb it's two telling the one is one of two nine espn radio you want to give us a call do a little wing it wednesday get yourself some wings from the desperado sports tavern culture's got some trivia questions for you 361-3688 361-3688 the phone number here we'll be happy to uh you know do a little bit of trivia with you uh, Coulter yesterday at about uh, four. Uh, actually, it was a little. I, I'm trying to remember if it was before or after the show. Actually, I guess it was more like seven o'clock yesterday evening. Do you know what I found out? What's that, Gus? Uh, that today was my middle child's birthday. Wasn't that the topic of discussion at your house? Yeah, last night. That's what I'm saying. I found it out yesterday. I I knew. Now let me be clear. I didn't forget. I was mistaken. There's a difference, okay? 
My daughter turns five, has turned five today. Um, Zoe's five. Five. Wow. It's a little disconcerting, isn't it? So she turns five today. Her birthday is, as today, is the 29th. I had been under the impression for about a week and a half, because you kind of project the thing out there. You're like, okay, well, what's going on? For some reason, I had it as Thursday. Okay, it's Thursday. Right. So. And today is what? Today is Wednesday. Nice. And the 29th, which is today, is Wednesday, not Thursday. And so I had been sitting here preparing for like Thursday. Okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do the thing? And then yesterday I realized, no, 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 it's tomorrow. Her birthday is tomorrow. You have to get the things ready to go. Because, you know, you're not having a birthday party as such right now anyway with the kids running around and everything like that. So that's the good news because there wasn't a lot of stuff. But all of a sudden, like, well, now I have to go to the store because I got a bunch of things I I didn't think that I needed until tomorrow that I'm going to need. The other thing was this. As a father, the birthday is, is one thing, but the actual bigger day to me is the day before. Because it's the sentimental last day as insert age here of this child. <laughs> And I realized that I had missed out on, like, most of the day of her last day as a four-year-old. And then I sat there, and I just was just self-loathing that I had not been trying to, you know, soak it up, which is, I don't know, man. It's sort of impossible to do. It's like holding water. The time just keeps right on marching on down the line. Is the punchline of this story you crying again? No, I did not cry. That's good. Big I held it together. I held it together. Had she been younger, I would have. As they age a little bit, it's just a little more, Okay. Yeah, you know, wait, you till they start, uh, wait till they start turning like 16 and 17. You know, it's interesting that you with no children continue to bring this up, you know? I, don't, I mean, I just because I don't have children doesn't mean I haven't observed life. Yeah, but 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 observation and and doing it. T- if you haven't played football, you don't know what it's like, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of those types of things. Yeah. What do you think? Should I ask you my questions? Because we need to ask my Wing It Wednesday questions because they have to do with the next segment. Okay, 361-3688. We'll talk to some people here. If you want to do so, if you want some wings from the Desperado, 361-3688. You get in here and you'll do it. The my one- questions are about number one overall draft picks in the NFL draft. Oh, okay. In the Specifically in the just NFL. Just the NFL. Okay. Uh, the one thing that I did want to just ask you quickly, 361-3688, if you want to do uh, some trivia, is... Uh, when we talked about the recruiting and the transfer stuff in basketball, I mean, we've seen it where guys have been hired because they're the f- parent, right? The father of some top recruit is going to be an assistant coach now at, you know, whatever school it is specifically so that that kid comes there. It's, it's different. It's not really the parent. I, I find that to be crazy that that's even allowed or whatever is just crazy to me. But the, at, at the football level, talking about Montana state, can I, even though, uh, 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 Jeff Choate is been far enough removed from Washington, and basically none of the players that are there now have you know a quote relationship with him. But Kane Ione was there a year ago, and so Kane Ione now comes in as the defensive coordinator. Well, guess what? You have firsthand direct relationships with eighty percent now, seventy yeah, yeah. percent well, well, of, of, of the kids. Caveat: just because he was an uh, analyst, though, so okay. he wasn't actually in touch with the players, but he gets to observe the players certainly. 
Analysts just can't coach players, so they don't have very many player relationships. And, and uh, fair enough for for, for I mean, I'm just, Kane's point. But I'm the, just looking at for Kane just because that is a like an NCAA you rule, can't do it. right? But my but I mean I'm sure Kane has is, a, apt knowledge of how John Clark can play. When you talk about bringing in coaches, I wonder right. how much bringing in coaches is about well the ties that this person has to this program, to oh, this oh. area, to these high schools. Oh, oh. That's a big thing because you're no you're question. always thinking about that stuff. Oh, right? Well, Jeff Cho. Jeff Choate, actually, the one part of his resume that always gets glossed over is when he had a cup of coffee as the defensive coordinator at UTEP, which he never actually did a game at UTEP because he went from Washington State, he left Mike Leach's staff. That just wasn't a good fit. If you know anything about Jeff Choate or Mike Leach, that's a radio segment in itself because that couldn't be, that, that couldn't go well. We I have to think. ask. We have to well, ask him about Mike oh, Leach. If we could get Jeff Choate to, sell, to tell his Mike Leach sunglasses subway sandwich story on the radio it would be the funniest story that's ever been told on the show i have never laughed so hard in my life at this story i'm not gonna blow it right now because it's not my story to tell don't, don't do it but regardless uh but Choate then because of his brief stop at utep then started recruiting texas and kept recruiting texas for his one year with will muschamp in florida and then kept recruiting texas in washington well, when we got to Montana State, he learned about the Texas pipeline that Rob Ash once had had that had bought Montana State so much success, so many great players, including Daenerys McGee. Well, Daenerys McGee obviously already has an inside track of becoming an assistant at Montana State as you know former All-American quarterback, but that was the biggest lure for Choate was threefold. One, the guy is an icon at Montana State because of the career that he had as a player. Two, he had spent the last several years in the ACC as a graduate assistant at North Carolina State, which, by the way, has helped uh, that pipe. I mean, Matt McKay, North Carolina State quarterback, just transferred to Montana State. That's Daenerys McGee that got him to come there. So, But then thirdly, Daenerys McGee's from Dallas, Texas. He comes from Trinity High School, which is one of the powerhouses in Texas. He was going to have an open door in the entire Metroplex area. And some of the most talented young players that – Montana State's brought in the last two classes have been from Dallas. So, Choate definitely hired Daenerys because of his recruiting connections. Coulter, ask me one of your questions, and then we will talk number one overall picks in the next hour. Let's hear it. Okay. I'll be the lifeline. Oh, good. This is great, Tommy. Okay. Uh, A a total of 13 number one overall draft picks in the NFL draft. Since 1936, this is... Oh, for crying out loud. No, just listen. I mean... Just listen. You're always bemoaning the easiest questions. Just listen. I'm giving you the whole thing. I'm not looking for anything from 1936. I'm looking for something in your life. I just wanted 13 number one overall picks have gone to the Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. 13 guys that were the number one overall pick have gone to the Hall of Fame. Okay. Name two. Uh, Peyton. Well, Peyton's not in the Hall of Fame. Peyton Manning is not an answer because no, Peyton Manning's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, jeez. For crying out loud. Um,. You got you got this. I believe in you. The the why is this the only guy that comes to my mind? I don't even want to say this. Say it. Well, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. There's one. What do you mean? Why is that one of the only names that come to your mind? Because he won the Heisman Trophies, one of the greatest running backs of all time. I mean, right. And then and there was some other stuff. <laughs> False accusations is the other. Um. So that's okay. So that's so one. one. Okay. One. Yep. Other number one overall picks that yep. went to the hall. Yep. Oh, good gracious. The second most recent, I guess the third most recent, is uh, from your favorite TV commercial. 
What, Bruce Smith? Bruce Smith. Okay. Number one, 1985. I didn't realize he was the number one overall pick. I didn't know that about <laughs> Bruce Smith, actually. What's your favorite TV commercial? Bad Things, man. Reeboks. Oh, Bad Bruce Things, Smith. Bruce Smith. Look it up. Dennis Hopper. All right, so you got two. Great. Yeah, that's great. Okay, okay. good. Too Shut bad I couldn't get Plunky McGee from the 1937, you know, New Jersey Bandits. <sighs> That's not what I was looking for. Well, clearly. You did get one from 1969, though, so you are uh, maybe more. I mean, the funny thing is is that there's there's actually a line of guys who will probably fill that here soon enough. But anyway. Um, all actually, right. less than you expect, and that's what the whole next segment's about. Well, then let's do it. It's two tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, hour one in the books, hour two coming up number one overall picks how important is it to have it in the nfl i think i know what culture's answer is next get commencement ready at the montana state bookstore your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 